Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to another episode of Basement Banter. This week, I'm joined by Rocky Rivera. Howdy, folks. And Tim Horgan. How's it going? Both very smart, so you're in for a very good conversation on energy. But first, <laughs> first, I want to talk about their gifts that they brought in. As you know, I love when the guests, guests bring in gifts. So, Rocky, why don't you uh, start out and tell everyone at home what you brought? Well, uh, I brought along with me tonight uh, a Reggie Bush jersey. This was before his Heisman was revoked. Um, you know, I'm not into cheaters, so I bought it before he was a cheater. Now I thought I'd give it to Brown, so I don't want it anymore. All right, that's fair. I mean, I, honestly, like, why? I don't even think like, you could say as much as you want. Oh, the, the Heisman got stripped away from him. You think anyone gives a shit that some committee stole the Heisman away from him? He was still sick He's when still he played. He was so still a freak at that point. It's just a gap year. They, bring, a, they invite all the guests, and it's just a gap year. What happens? He just isn't just just like whatever. Like <laughs> when it's it just is vacant. Yeah, it's just vacant. That's stupid. like same thing with like Louisville's basketball title. I think. Oh yeah, they they definitely Ooh. didn't win that one. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> That kid broke his leg for nothing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, according to the sports history, but I know that he broke it sacrificing himself. And uh, I don't actually – I saw Rocky's Reggie Bush jersey, but t Tim didn't reveal his until so, – I'm going to um, see it as soon as you do. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, to bring you something, a little RPI. So I've got this RPI football uh, little duffel bag. Okay. I, uh, I took it for my work. I work in the equipment room. And it was just laying around, so I took it. It's been used uh, as a beer carrier uh, many times, so do That's as you will with it. A nice uh, portable gift. All right, yeah, I can, I exactly. can respect it. Useful. I can respect it. Uh, all right, so this week, I know I like to keep you guys on your toes, and I always say that. So one week we're talking about 60 questions. We're talking about nipple fingers, hands for feet, feet for hands. One week we're talking about Cats the movie. One week... We're talking about, uh, I don't know, we're talking about going to bars. This week, I want you guys to put on your little caps for learning. Tinfoil hat night. Your, your little tinfoil <laughs> hats, because now we're talking about conserving energy, renewable energy, and all of that great stuff. And you've already been listening for 30 seconds, so I've already acquired your listen. So you might as well <laughs> just stick around and listen to it. So Tim and Rocky are both extremely smart people. Tim is going to grad school for engineering. Rocky is working in some lab. Well, recently finished his his uh, recently quit that hellhole. Recently <laughs> quit his job at a lab, but nonetheless, he was working at a chemistry lab. So he's a very smart cookie as well. So one of the things that I feel like is a common misconception, and this might just be because we live in the country, but the United States always gets a pretty bad rap for we're like one of the worst nations in the world. We're using all of this uh, fossil fuel. We're putting holes in the ozone. Well, obviously, yes, we most likely are doing that. We are not even remotely close. We're not even close to the worst country. Rocky, why don't you hit us with that, that little knowledge real quick? No, yeah. So if you, if you look at a number called the pollution index, which I'm assuming is your pollution per capita, um, I mean, as far as other countries go, your countries like Mongolia and Afghanistan and China, you know, your Asian countries are are really kind of killing the earth here. Um, and even in, in America, if you include all the Americas, America, United States, I mean, is, you know, second to worst uh, right behind Canada. But they have like 10 people that live in that country. So that doesn't really count. Uh, so really, United States is doing really well. Um, 
And the thing that really bothered me about that was the the whole plastic straw dilemma that, that's been going on. I guess it's kind of over now. But I get that that has a, a direct impact to maybe killing some sea turtles, which is sad. But all in all, the United States does very, very well. And those plastic straws, I did the math, account for like 0 0.06 times 10 to the negative 8th percent of all ocean pollution that exists. I, I think the, the draw of plastic straws is actually that it's the shape and the size of it is such that they can't be um, like recycled. So when they go through the recycling plant, they, they can't actually be broken down. So they just go straight into landfills and into the ocean. And so that's really the, the plastic straw initiative. I mean, you obviously have plastic everywhere, but um, yeah, I, the, we're, we're definitely doing much better to, uh, to combat this. Um, Matthew Meyer is doing his part with his, uh, his metal straw, even though it's terrible. I mean, if you're drinking from a straw in the first place, you got a problem. I'm, I mean, just just sip your beer like a man. I agree. I don't know. I don't know why you need a straw. Let me just also put it out there that I hate those paper straws. I know that. Yes. Oh, I don't know how. I mean, I don't know how great they are for people. You're you're drinking these paper straws, and I'm halfway through my my cocktail. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, what the hell am I choking on here? It's the paper straw. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yes, plastic straws. Listen. I do not hate sea turtles. I am a big fan of wildlife. I know my mom at uh, home listening to this right now is a big fan of wildlife. And I, I just think that, I don't know. I mean, there has to be some kind of alternative. I know metal straws are a thing, but I think that's also unsanitary as well. Think about it. Like, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't really know the, uh, the logistics with... Um, you know, like I don't really know the logistics of the the, the sterilization of of different kinds of paper or of uh, metal straws, but I mean, come on here, too. like I don't know, like can we just get rid of straws in general? Do we really, if you really think about it, do we need straws? I would definitely not. Do paper straws is that a better alternative than just taking the straw, throwing it out, and going uh, going raw with just sipping on the glass? Is are you that big of a germaphobe? Brown, when you go to Starbucks, what do you drink your drink out of? I know you're a big Starbucks guy. I mean, I I drink it out of a plastic straw. I'm going to admit it. I mean, that's <laughs> not my fault. That's the company's fault. That's two dead sea turtles. This, isn't it? I mean, that guy's, that guy's running for president. Why does he switch out the fucking paper straws? Then why is he going <laughs> to foist it onto my responsibility? I'm just a mere patron trying to go and enjoy my coffee before I start my day. Right, see, a, a big thing I'll get into is uh, the government kind of sucks with this, mm. and I don't you shouldn't have the government make your decisions for you, especially when it comes to the environment, because there's going to give corporations these tax breaks and stuff like that. And they're right. What what needs to what needs to happen is if a, if a company is doing something bad to the environment, that's how a capitalist society works. Is that we're going to stop buying that product, right? And that's how that's how this is going to get defeated. We can't look at the government and say, do X, Y, Z to make our lives better and make the world better. You know, we as people need to make that movement. I do agree. But at this point, you know, the cheapest uh, source of fuel is fossil fuels. So, I mean, capitalism is kind of governed by the price index. So if, if something's cheaper, I'm probably going to buy it. Like it's, if, if I'm right now, if I'm looking for a car and there's like a Tesla that runs on electricity or just, you know, some clunker that I have, 
I'm going to buy the clunker every time. So it, I think there, there does need to be some government regulations on it. But I think where the government more has to be involved is giving stipends and tax breaks to these companies that are looking at, at producing new and cleaner sources of energy. <clears throat> well, I think they do do that, right? Doesn't Tesla get a bajillion dollars of government yeah. funding and they suck at it? To be honest, I mean, like I've read through their financial reports and they do not meet their quota for making cars on a quarterly basis. It never happens. And that's why they're, you'll see their stock fluctuates a whole lot is because those reports come out and it declines and people forget about it a couple months later and it starts to creep its way back up kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, they Tesla is is as a company, their finances are a little wacky, but it's. It's just the the mission in general to to look for a cleaner source of energy is really that what we need more of in in this country. I mean, we're still I'm pretty sure we're still giving tax breaks to these huge oil companies that I mean are just still pumping out these fossil fuels and I don't know how much research they are doing into renewable sources, but I mean they they should be I in my opinion, they should be uh, putting more money into the research and development of of cleaner energy sources. Tesla, just uh, just people, like, cars, and car yeah, companies people. in general. Yeah. Well, the, the issue is, is that now it's kind of just a uh, just a race to who could make the most electric cars, and it isn't as much of making it as as efficient as possible, but it's more of who could put out the most electric vehicles at once before the other person can. And I think Tesla really started getting the ball rolling with that because at first it was like, oh, all right, like the Toyota Prius and uh, like the Nissan Leaf, the Chevy Volt. Then now all of a sudden Tesla is like this like new like hot trend and everyone's going nuts for these Teslas. And now all of a sudden uh, like Chevy, Nissan, Toyota, they're going, you know what? We're just going to take all of our stuff and move it over to electric. And we don't really care about the like the deep detailed research of how to make this as more efficient and utilizing to make the batteries more uh like like more like longer lasting i mean i'm no no uh person that could understand the batteries of cars but you know like you know what i'm saying like instead of working on the efficiency of these cars they're trying to i mean as all businesses do i'm not going to say that every business in the world like there's businesses in the world that are very woke with that stuff and really trying to uh, put on their thinking caps and trying to make the most efficient stuff ever they're just trying to make the most bang for their buck. And that's what you're seeing with these companies as well. While it's more of just showing, yes, we make electric vehicles and people flood to that as well. But they're not only failing with that research. So you get kind of the same car just from different companies, but you're also lacking the resources to make it. Um, what's the word? Trying to make it more practical. You're going to get a Tesla in the middle of fucking Idaho. Guess what? You're going to have to drive like two hours to charge a car. By the time you get home, you're, you're, you're screwed. You know, like I was looking at something and the, there's like one Tesla charging station around here. And it's at a restaurant in Montville and it's behind the restaurant. So unless you're really like looking for it, you're not going to find it. And that's something that not only falls on these companies, but on the government as well. Because obviously, as we were talking about before, there's some countries in this in this uh, world that are just kind of really just churning out that uh, those emissions into the atmosphere. And they're trying to they're scratching their heads trying to figure out what to do. There's simple stuff like that. But the problem is, is that these companies are just so like I need to put out this many electric cars by this time and we need to get it done. 
And all of a sudden, all right, great, you have all these electric cars on the road, and where the hell are you going to charge it? You know? Yeah. That's my little, uh, that, my little tangent That definitely there. needs to be addressed. But also, I don't know. I have no idea what the answer to this is. But, I mean, you say you're doing a long road trip. I don't know how long these batteries last. But it's definitely, you know, uh, not infinite. So once you run it, say I'm trying to, you know, drive 10 hours. And once you run out of battery, you have to sit there and charge it for, what, two hours to, I mean, I don't really know the numbers on it. But it's, it's much more of an inconvenience than where you can stop at a gas station and fill your tank in two minutes that's the big issue the practicality people don't want it you're making all these electric vehicles that's great but the practicality of it isn't that great it's more of just like a kind of a publicity stunt but i mean it doesn't just fall on cars but it's also like solar panels aren't that efficient at the moment you know like maybe they pave themselves off and then like 25 years from now so like it doesn't they don't really any of these alternative sources of energy don't really have that appeal as just going for that quick you know what i'm just gonna have my big ford expedition that has 10 miles a gallon or i'm pretty comfortable with my the way my house is using energy right now too so yeah interesting what you brought up about uh solar panels and you know how long it takes to pay those off um i don't remember the exact number on it but i was told in class that you know building one windmill takes it was something like 10 years for that windmill to pay itself off in the cost of production of it and i don't know if that's worth it especially when you think about how much land that you would need for wind turbines to be efficient and actually give us the electricity that is demanded in this country so like let's let's dive into this then what is like so obviously i i I feel like our country's kind of just kind of going in a million different directions with the way that they want to be more energy efficient you see uh you see those uh solar mill farms off the coast of new jersey somewhere uh you see these solar panels out in arizona everyone in california is trying to use solar panels and then like there's they're trying to come up i mean obviously i think the i think the peak of the pinnacle of being able to really is if they had like um whatchamacallit uh nuclear energy would probably be the end game of being able to utilize that more efficiently but like what if all of the countries just kind of hit time out on trying so quickly to outdo each other what is what would you say is the most efficient form of reusable renewable clean energy that we should be focusing on yeah i i pretty much die on the train of nuclear energy is the best um right now in the united states about nine percent of our energy comes from nuclear plants uh you know we only have 104 of them in this country but you know alone a single reactor most of these plants have like three reactors and how they work is that two of them are taken you know two of them are running and then one of them's under maintenance um because it takes a lot of maintenance to get these things you know get these things going but when they're done in maintenance they they run forever um and you know they they shut one down start the other one back up and just kind of rotate the three in and out and there's right now we only have like 104 nuclear reactors in the united states is is there like a stigma because i know there's been a bunch of a bunch of nuclear power plants that have melted down i know there's i mean been three <laughs> All right. A bunch. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Preface, I mean, uh, right, well, let's put it this way. 
I think we would rather not have any nuclear power okay. plants melt down so instead of fucking first of all, scumbag. Listeners out there, if you have not seen the miniseries Chernobyl on HBO, I highly recommend it. Um, obviously, about the tragedy that happened in Ukraine, or it was the USSR at the time, um, where according to the USSR, 31 people died, uh, which is bullshit because apparently about 4,000 to 93,000 people have estimated to die because of that whether it was due to kids in other countries getting cancer that kind of thing so you're right there is like a, a, a big stigma and i bet you that show coming out doesn't play any good part in that i bet you that just adds to the stigma but if you look if you look into it the fault of chernobyl was a singular engineer um it was no one else really it was this engineer being a jerk off and you know, not listening to his peers, not listening to his coworkers, and doing what he thought was best. And he was obviously totally wrong because he blew up a RBK reactor, which is damn near impossible. And why don't you explain to people what, I mean, in layman's term, I have no idea what an RBK reactor is. Well, right, well, I don't know what necessarily an RBK reactor is, but I know in general how nuclear reactors work. Um, Basically, what very general, please. Yeah, very general. <laughs> very general. So these nuclear reactors, right? They have uh, inserted fuel rods in them, which are usually uh, uranium two thirty five or uranium two thirty eight. Um, very bad, bad stuff for humans to be breathing in. Like you breathe that in once, you will die. Um, so they're made. They're made up of these fuel rods, and basically they're packed like closely together um and they're immersed in water and when you heat them up the the neutrons in this uranium because it's a it's an unstable element the the neutrons un basically undergo a fission reaction and these neutrons are just bouncing all over the place and they're really really high energy uh particles of mass and basically they're immersed in this water that's meant to slow them down so that these these neutrons can then collide with another fuel rod and, you know, basically create like a snowball effect of these neutrons going everywhere. Um, so what happens is that, you know, this energy, this mass amount of energy creates a lot of heat and that heat is then kind of funneled through into a heat exchanger in which water is then turned to steam. And that steam is then can power a wind turbine or well, not a wind turbine, a turbine. And that turbine is then, you know, kind of generated into electricity Energy. that we can and use. And boom. And then our, our houses are, uh, I mean, this is, I mean, yeah, our houses would be lighted. I, we're currently sitting in a dark room because the <laughs> lighting in my house, the energy in my house, decided not to fucking work in our room. You know, so, they, they make these nuclear reactors on like a portable scale now. So you can like <laughs> I might you, just put, you, you can like bring them place to place. Maybe 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 that's what maybe nuclear. that's what I have to do to take uh, basement banter to the next level. I'll just hook up a nuclear reactor in the corner, exposed, just chilling over there. You gotta uh, something out. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and what I think is really cool about like these nuclear reactors is that, you know, one they operate at like ninety three percent capacity, which is insane. You're even like your fossil fuels and stuff operate at like something closer to like fifty percent capacity. Right. So. You know, not only does – right, I heard this stat in class. I wasn't able – I tried looking it up, but I couldn't find it. Um, but I heard this stat in class that one nuclear power plant creates more energy than a windmill plant the size of Washington, D.C. would create, which is a big problem with – And then here's wind. my question. Why – I mean, obviously, we were talking about – 
the nuclear power plant uh, meltdowns. But as you said, there was human error at Chernobyl. I know in Japan there was the um, so I think tsunami, it was the tsunami, tsunami that caused yeah. that whole thing to go wrong. And then there was one in, uh, one in Long Island or Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, it was Pennsylvania. Three, three Mile Island. Island. Yeah. I think I that don't was, really know what happened there. That, that was also uh, at the fault of like one of the engineers. It was just stubbornness. Okay, right. So, but so here then here's my question: If it's so efficient, if it's ninety three percent efficient versus I think it's like sixty something, like fifty in like the fifties percent efficient for fossil fuels, the yield of energy. Why are we uh, sticking with it opposed to looking to that more clean energy? What's Money money oh well, all right all right well not to get too uh i mean once again uh, not to get to, uh, this isn't even really political this is kind of just looking at money we spend like 600 something billion dollars on our military don't you think we could spare a couple billion and maybe go towards good old mother earth right you would think maybe yeah maybe instead of uh fishing polar bears out of the fucking ice or not the ice <laughs> out of the water yeah, <laughs> some, you, you some, wouldn't have to fish them if they were out the ice it's, yeah. it's, uh, some kid chilling in uh, England eating his drinking his tea and crumpets one morning and some <laughs> polar bear washes up on the beach next to him I mean don't you think maybe we could spare a couple billion dollars so, to yeah that's like what even really if we spent even if we spent like maybe what like 50 billion which would be an outrageous amount of money still towards research alone that's still like more than the second third and fourth country combined in military research maybe we could spend that towards maybe using putting it towards renewable energy where you would then get more money and then you could go back to spending it on i'm no uh no no economist here but uh, (laughs) hey like (laughs) you would you would really think that they you know people would be more invested in this like i get that it's really expensive um but like we were talking about before with you know tesla getting these grants from the government and one, like I said, they don't meet their quotas. Two, uh, a car blew up like two days ago. Uh, like clearly their shit don't work. Well, like, yeah. Can we please like kind of put it towards like a real scientific thing that we know works and really only fails at tsunamis, which uh, I haven't heard of one in the mainland of the United States. And in, like, also, ever. also and according to human yeah. error. As I say, also according to me, I think the only person that could really stop a tsunami is God. So I mean, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, I don't. I mean, the only people that really seem to care are those people on Twitter who, in reality, they don't really give a shit. It's just for likes. You know what I'm talking about? Those people. You yeah. need to see this, and it's like a polar bear drowning in water. Yes, I'm. I'm aware of this going on. What are you doing about it? Instead of having like 30 people go, yes, we need to do something. And then know what they do after they say, oh, my God, we need to do something. They go and lean back in their couch and are fucking watching whatever they're watching. Uh, Reruns of How I Met Your Mother. Drinking out of a plastic straw. Not recycling, putting their bottles (laughs) with their fucking uh, with their leftover pizza in the garbage. And yeah, so the people that really should are the politicians and they're too focused on whatever they're doing. Don't yeah. need to uh, avoiding avoiding whoop, me olaying politics real quick. But I'm just saying that, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that the people that it really should matter, the agenda. I mean, it's like the technology's there. Like it isn't like there it since is, the 1950s. The technology hasn't changed since the 1950s. Right. Like other than is, the USSR was using cheap ways to make these reactors. And that's why that's part of the reason why Chernobyl happened was faulty engineering from the ground up because the USSR didn't want to spend any money. 
Right. And that's the issue because it's like it isn't like we're like talking about like, oh, my God, like, you know, what I'm talking about like it isn't like we're talking about some conspiracy theory where if we have these things, then maybe this would work this way and we wouldn't even need to burn coal to fuel our our houses or whatever the technology's there and they're in small pockets of the united states and they're small pockets around the world the matter is if you actually want to hunker down and actually do something about it i know uh like scandinavia like uh sweden norway all of them they're really uh strapping up their boots and getting to work with that stuff I, like just alone with their vehicles i think over 60 percent of their vehicles are electric they're working on stuff where they, as we were talking about, oh, how do you charge these vehicles? They're trying to have, I mean, once again, don't go, don't text me after you listen to this podcast and go, Ryan, how are they going to do this? But they are planning on charging the roadways. So as you're driving across, driving down the highway, you're constantly charging up your car. That's ridiculous. I mean, cool. once again, I'm I'm no scientist. I don't I'm just, understand how that works at all, considering no. tires are But that's what I mean. Well, you know, you know <laughs> how, no you know how they're doing it? research Magic. money uh, <laughs> they're actually spending oh, money doing and, it and speaking of the defense budget what you brought up a few minutes ago uh you know that these navy ships and these submarines they all operate well not all of them but a lot of them operate on nuclear power they have their personal nuclear reactors in the yeah. ship and that's how these things operate yeah. so like obviously they're dumping the money into this research somewhere and clearly trusted enough to you know let men and women who signed up to die for this country to float about these things like why the fuck not for the general public and it just the thing is at the end of the day so how many what are the wars fought on now oil everything's about oil i know you see memes all the time oh when uh, the united states discovered their oil on the moon and there's army people on the moon but like that's genuinely like there's a lot of like it's finite resources that's what everyone fights for if you could create an infinite source of energy like let me infinite but like you know like uh, renewable uh, ways of energy where you're not having this finite reserve of stuff you would solve so many problems i mean i'm not a uh, some kind of world peace hippie or anything but i'm just saying that just in the practicality of things huh maybe you wouldn't have to go here to get the oil or maybe you wouldn't have to put tariffs on this person because they have oil and you don't like if there was just something like if we just put like if we just like everyone was just like all right hey time out real quick if we all just put in with this scrap together our money and actually just hire a team of people around the world to focus and hunker down on, hey, how can we make uh, wind energy more power or uh, more um, reuse or whatever, more practical? Yeah, how can we how can we focus on how can we put our money towards um, nuclear energy? How can we reduce the amount of errors that go on and reduce the chance of disaster? It, how can we make our electric cars more usable so then we're having less emissions? Like, if we just took a time out and did that, instead of worrying about the fucking black stuff that we're fracking out of the earth, maybe, maybe, well, just maybe, it would reduce a lot of problems. And It's funny you say that because isn't this whole Iran thing that's going on right now about uranium, which is what they're using to produce nuclear energy there? I mean, it can be, like, turned into, like, weapon-grade uranium at some point, I guess. But really what they're extracting right now is energy-grade uranium. And that's what this is all being, like, this whole deal is all about is that they exceeded their limit of mining of that. Yeah, but I think they surpassed, like, the limit of, of energy-grade uranium where it could reach the limit of, you know— to be right, to be weaponized. That's what I was saying to his but point. I don't, about I don't like think you really need any more uranium at that point. That's why we put that cap on them, so they have enough to to do uh, that energy research and, and nuclear uh, energy. But I, I, I think 
Yeah, they they don't need all of this uranium that they're stockpiling. All right, so I, I just want to start off with well, actually not start off. I mean, we're fucking. I don't even know how many twenty something minutes <laughs> in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I just in out of as we were talking about, we're talking about electric, uh, like well, not electric cars, but like we're talking about like electricity, um, wind power, nuclear power. Obviously, let's start with wind power. Seems pretty fair. Seems like something that is practical. Seems like something that doesn't require too much money, doesn't require too much to run. But, I mean, I've been to California, and you could see the main error and the main reason why people have beef with it is the space it takes up. And, I I, I mean, I agree that I, – I, well, here's my question, Tim. Is there – because Tim uh, it knows a lot more about wind power than I do. Is there a way where we could take these – so we have – giant wind like farms and it's giant fans in these fields and they're like the size of buildings how can we make that more efficient or what is the problem that people are dragging their feet with wind power yeah i mean the these wind turbines now that we have are like the size of skyscrapers pretty much they're the, the height of it and almost the width of it as well and they take up an absurd amount of space but as where they are right now is usually out in these plain areas where there's not really a lot going on because they need to be in areas with steady wind it can't really be like whipping around it needs to be a steady headwind so it's they it's really not in in areas that are too highly populated and also uh they're moving a lot of these wind farms offshore so they're creating these either floatable uh docks that they're putting these wind turbines on or uh you know however they they get them out there i'm actually the company i'm working for now is doing a study um we're subcontracted out to perform a study on how wind turbines would affect this area based on marine travel and marine life which is actually a, a pretty big effect the, these things are massive and the vibrations that they they uh, send off when they rotate go into the water. They can like mess scare up off migration the patterns life, right. of of fish and everything. So that's a big environmental concern. And I mean, it is it's it's a good way. I, Rocky brought up that stat before, where it would take twenty some odd years to of running these things to actually uh, pay off in the end. But um, as as far as I know, it's it's a good way to harness the energy of the wind, and that driving power is always going to be there. There's always going to be wind. So, is there a way that they could actually make it more efficient? Like, I mean, I'm no engineer, but is there a way where you could actually like stack them on top of like buildings or something, opposed to having them stuck in the water? Uh, they actually uh, are. Like, if, like, well, here's my question to you to make it more, I guess, simple. What is so obviously th this is a pretty well-known problem that the vibrations are fucking up uh, marine life they're swatting birds out of the sky what is the steps that they're taking these people that dedicated their lives to making wind engine wind energy that they are like what steps are they making to make it more efficient or make it more practical well First of all, fuck the birds. They're just government drones. So, like, <laughs> kill as many of those as you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> True. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know any of the innovations in the the wind sector right now. I haven't really heard of many. I have seen 
a couple of interesting uh, things where there's like high rise buildings and in order to win like mitigate the wind load on the building as well as um, harness energy out of this wind they p actually put like wind turbines on the side of the building so as the wind flows around them it spins the turbines and generates power for the the structure which is pretty interesting but yeah i'm not sure if they really have any innovations in the field of trying to to make it uh better in the the wind farms and the plains so i don't i don't know about any research that's going on like you said to make them more efficient Really, I think the problem with them is the land use, is that the amount of land that it would take to make these things, you know, actually produce enough energy that can be used by the sectors that, you know, that we need it for it is pretty low. We Right now, we produce, uh, like, we have an 89.1 gigawatt capacity, which is, like, second in the world behind China, by the way. Fuck China. Uh, <laughs> communist fucks. Uh <laughs> We're, right and like i said before one nuclear reactor generates one nuclear reactor generates one gigawatt so right like we already have all these wind farms and they're only producing 89.1 hey shout out the lights the lights came on we're talking about energy and the lights and came on I, I found in my research that 400 gigawatt capacity would actually account for 35 percent of the u.s electricity demand which would then cause a 14% reduction in carbon dioxide emissions. But the problem is, like I said, is, is the land use. They can, right? Like we're already in a problem where we don't have enough land or, or people we, claim we don't we have enough, enough land. enough land to begin with, just not even the energy, just using it too much. Everyone's stacked on top of each other now. Well, take a, da a trip down south, Brown, and take a trip out <laughs> west. I, I don't think that's true, really, but why take up more land than we have to if by using you know these wind turbines and solar ha i mean it has a similar issue that you you know you have to take up so much land to create enough energy via solar panels to for yeah. it to actually work i mean an another part of uh the wind turbines is they're pretty environmentally temperamental so uh, i know in china they a couple of years ago, they just made this huge wind farm. They put it in a location where it's like super windy. And within a couple of years, since, um, you know, the, the temperature in the poles are changing, flow, wind patterns start changing. And this region that it's in is no longer windy. So it's like barely doing anything. So, I mean, it's not like you can pick these things up and move them. They're, they're, they're stationary. Yeah, well, once you they put cost them, yeah. how many dollars to build one <laughs> of these things? It's ridiculous. A couple bucks, right? Get GE yeah. on the phone. Let's find out. Yeah. So they're, they're very environmentally temperamental, especially some of the predictions that uh, we see nowadays. I don't know how accurate all of them are, but if they are, you know, as, as they say they are, then it's uh, wind, wind turbines could, uh, could be in for a little bit of trouble. That's that's fair though. I mean, apparently the government's trying to make more of them by 2050. They're trying to account for 35 percent of United States capacity by 2050 using these things, and they're and they're making a push on solar too. But I, I just well, for the life of me can't understand. My why. my beef with it is that <laughs> fish are in enough shit to begin with, with the fucking <laughs> with the acidity of the water and the reefs dying. They're gonna throw in these giant fans that were the, the uh, nice little ruffle they, their feathers as well. And I, 
really believe that both wind and I guess the the fishing is more of a hydroelectric thing, but that it essentially works the same way as wind turbines do. Um, you know, just the current moving these things around. I really believe in the conservation of en- of energy. Shout out like Sir Isaac Newton, died a virgin, uh, coming up with these laws. Dead, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, like right this end like with wind turbines right you're ta- you're taking that energy out of the environment right it like that's physically happening we know that but it, tim says that you know wind's not going anywhere i then where's where's the excess wind coming from like i like i understand that it's a a pressure differential which is caused by temperature kind of thing but like the energy has to go somewhere it has to go somewhere and like there can only be really a finite amount of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I really have an answer to where the energy is going, but I just know <laughs> that the, the driving force is the same. I took a wind engineering course last semester, and wind moves because of the, obviously, the uh, pressure or the temperature differential from the poles to the equator. The equator is obviously the hottest part, closest to the sun. So as this cold air moves down towards the equator, it brings all this air with it and creates this wind. And if it goes over a wind turbine, I mean, it, obviously some energy is taken out, but it's still the dr- same driving force. Why don't we just line the equator with wind turbines? That's a I mean, that that's, not, that's <laughs> certainly not a question <laughs> right? for no one, me to no answer. One, no one's using the land in the middle of the ocean. It's just line them the fuck up. Why don't we, <laughs> do, why don't we do it? We'll... we'll put our flag down and we'll own those things but oh yeah yeah oh yeah egypt you want to use our uh, our fans all right that's a, that's a couple <laughs> nah, million they're dollars. only good for building pyramids there we go we'll put the money towards we'll put the money towards so we'll have everyone pay us money for using our energy from our fans around the equator a little dr doofenshmirtz scheme here so we'll, we'll take all of the money from all of the all of the fans around the equator and we'll put it towards carpetbagger Beer. Co. Oh, yeah. I'm opening a brewery. We're calling it Carpetbagger. Uh, Southern Smooth City Speed. It's a dope logo or slogan, I slogan. mean. Uh, so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Is you know, coming come to Walmart's near you soon. Is this the first suspe- official sponsor of Basin Panther? Yeah, you got to you gotta pay me, Brown. Well, no, well, pay you. Yeah, you should pay me, motherfucker. I've given so <laughs> many. No so many, so many people food. are going to listen to this podcast because of Carpetbagger beer. Um, <laughs> well, the fact that you haven't had a single ounce, a single drop of that beer out yet tells me that you probably should pay me. Also, while we're giving free shout outs, Finish Your Beer Instagram recommended that I have this reaching for the beer this imperial biscotti break beer so shout out to finish your beer follow it on instagram if you haven't already my good friend tom karuba is the uh josh peck manager of the uh of the account but anyway all right well let's pivot back to wind power energy so obviously the main thing is space but i to me i think if you think about it the way like research usually progresses I feel like if you really hunker down and spent money on the research of it, within the next 20 years, you should be able to come up with a more sensible location for these fans and a better location for them, opposed to the ocean. Obviously, you have the more wind on the coast, um, but you also, as you were mentioning before too, Tim, 
you have these buildings where you have the uh, the the, uh, the the whatever solar the fans on top of them, which causes which creates more power, and that would actually tie into another thing that a lot of people have beef with. For, I guess for some reason, uh, steel and uh, glass skyscrapers are not very energy efficient. So what if what if we collabed real quick with? I know Bill De Blasio is trying to outlaw steel and window steel steel and glass skyscrapers, huh? The mayor of maybe the most steely, <laughs> glassy fucking place in the world trying to outlaw those. Bill, let's talk. I, I have an idea where we're gonna take fans. Bill, come on the pod, bro. We're gonna take. We're gonna take these. We don't. You don't even need to come on the podcast. Stay away from this podcast. You don't want. <laughs> you don't want to be on this podcast. Take. Just listen to this. All right. Take all of these wind powered or this wind power. Stick them on the side of your buildings that have a hell of wind up there. And those those hundred story skyscrapers. Take all of that nice energy and boom. You're making up for all of that energy you're losing with, I guess, sunlight coming yeah. through the buildings. I guess that's what's happening, right? Yeah. It's, it's they bring too much heat into the buildings. They bring too much heat into yeah. the buildings, and they then in turn require more energy, which I understand. But, I mean, that, I mean, that seems like something for, for here on out, buildings that have this. If you're telling me you're going to turn to the Empire State Building and go, yo, you need to take this building – and not make it steel and glass in the next 10 years or else we're going to hit you with hella fines. They're going to the person who owns the building is going to be like, are you fucking forget about the presidency? You won't even be the mayor next week. <laughs> you won't even be an intellectual next week. Strip this building down of its steel and glass. This thing's a fucking yeah, how many stories is the Empire State Building? Take down all of this. Uh, take down all of this glass and steel. Yeah, it's this person's elected mayor. I I don't really understand it. it, I mean, the only other building material that you can go with is concrete and the byproduct of making more. You want to go with? Sorry, sorry. No, there are actually buildings in the world. I will admit. All right. So prepare yourself since they actually don't know about what I just said. They're going to go. Oh, my God. You're such an idiot, Ryan. But these do exist. These do exist. There is buildings built out of wait for it. Wood. Yeah, Wood. not not to the scale of the Empire State Building. No, any- pretty pretty big buildings. England has a building built out of complete wood. Um, as we talked about before, Sweden has a building built out of compl- like a skyscraper out of wood. Yeah, the, the it's it's not the same though. It's it's not the same use as the Empire State Building. I and all these are also not straight timber. They're they're like these composite timber sections. So it's mixed with plastics. I mean. You know, obviously not good for the environment either. And it's I, I don't think that they can be built that big right now. I, I thought the bil- biggest timber building was in Canada right now. And it was I don't know, maybe 10, 15 stories. And the scale of these buildings in in New York City are, uh, I mean, it's certainly not know. 30 stories. I, yeah, I have another like million dollar idea. I think we should, you know, obviously devote. 80% of our research into nuclear because it's the GOAT. But let's take the other 20% and go into space travel. And why don't we just take all of the garbage that's polluting Earth and just shoot it into the sun? Like, 
<laughs> just just drop right. it off in space. Right, let, let's let the aliens deal with <laughs> well, it. Well, hold on. Before I dive into that, because I'm pretty sure Pixar covered that whole controversy. <laughs> the, tall, <laughs> the tallest timber building in the world is, as I said before, in... Um, hold on. Oh, wait, it's in Vancouver. You're right, Tim, but it's 53 meters high. Yeah, that's just uh, the, not very the, the, tall. We're, we're making buildings a thousand meters high now. And then treat in Norway, as I mentioned, those fucking Scandinavians, forty-nine meters high. Uh, used to be the tallest timber building, but anyway, all right. So let me put down my phone for a second and focus my attention on Rocky here, real quick. Rocky wants to take all of our garbage and shoot it into outer space. <laughs> Hell yes. I don't know if you're familiar with this uh, documentary about society. Is it have, have, you, have you ever seen Wally? <laughs> <laughs> Not since I was like twelve. How's how's Earth work or looking, Wally? Uh, there's no one there. <laughs> it's a robot. So when Wally launches into outer space, he runs into a lot of stuff. Maybe orbiting around Earth. What's he orbiting around? Meteors. No, he's orbiting around hunks of junk. Now, obviously, you trust people at Pixar more I mean, than you trust me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is a future problem. This wouldn't be yeah. my problem. I'll be dead. Well, let's just I'll be chilling. Let's I'll be just do what the baby boomers did. It's not my problem. Let the next generation deal with it. Which seems pretty clutch. I mean, I'll be, I'll be dead. I'll be floating around, dead, heaven, hell, wherever you would like to place me. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Anyway. Besides, besides garbage, I don't know how we got into launching garbage into space. <laughs> we were talking it. about wind. Bill De Blasio, I could probably win the mayor governance or, mayor, or the mayor of New York just running off of uh, giving out free yeah, hot dogs. Food. If the fucking mayor of New York plans on taking buildings like uh, the Freedom Tower, uh, the Empire State oh. Building, and converting them from these monstrosities. These these uh, well even these are the apex of um, of human ingenuity. The Empire State Building, if you think of anything in the world, if you if an alien came down to Earth and goes, I need to check out four locations. Where am I gonna go? One of those locations is gonna be the Empire State Building. Number two is Dubai. No. Dubai's been built out of sand, out of they nothing. Underwater Dude, the, hotels. The Burj Khalifa is a mile high. It's like I know. The size I'm aware. And Tom Cruise, building. I think, rode like well, a Lamborghini or motorcycle down the side well, of it or whatever the hell it is. We're also forgetting a few things called like the Seven Wonders of the World. Yeah. I think we're forgetting the a few pyramids. of those. The Hanging Gardens of Babylon. All right. <laughs> Ever heard of it? Well, this is that's a Seven Wonders of the World podcast. And let's talk about the eighth wonder of the world, King Kong. That's from the movie King Kong. Rocky's looking at me really confused. Never seen it. Don't worry, Rocky. King Kong's not actually real. But oh, thank God. <laughs> anyway, really uh, corralling ourselves back to energy. So obviously wind power is, I mean, while yes, great, not so great. Throw it out the window. What's So what's something else that like... What about uh, like um, hydro uh, power? No. So, I hydro power. Tim Tim knows a little bit more about the river part of it than I do. I think, but I think a problem with it in the oceans is one seems to have the same problem that you're doing with birds. You know, you're just, disrupting you're just the sli- current. You're just slicing the hell out of them. Yeah, and right, you're disrupting the current. So. Right, you're probably going to be messing with fish migration patterns, but yeah, I like I've I've had some deep thought about this in my days, uh, you know, all 22 years of me, um, you know, 
right? The, your ocean currents come from moon's gravitational pull, right. right? Everyone knows that. So I don't know if that's a source of energy that's ever going away. Not in our but lifetime. Like, right? Not not in our lifetime. Baby boomer style. Like <laughs> baby boomer. That's that's just baby boomer, it, no, bro. Not in the next <laughs> thousands of years. But we're good. But uh, I'm still a firm believer in the conservation of energy. So like, what? As an energy there, there project, has hopefully. to be like. Right, the energy has to disappear at some point, in my mind, at least. I don't know. I I don't really. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I where's where's it like? Go? Do we I, take enough energy out that the moon no longer gravitates Earth, and then it's just free floating like Wally? That's real. That I, I mean, no. no, because I don't think I don't think our use of energy really. I think the moon's main focus is it's really it's real connection with its with the Earth's core and gravitating with that using the energy from that. And if we start fucking with the the magma and shit from the center of the Earth, then maybe we'll start worrying about the moon. But I think if we start maybe putting a couple of those things, remember, like if you're watching, if you're reading like a book about like the American Revolution or like about like the 1800s, you have those uh, those little like. I, I don't know what it looks like. You know, like I'm talking like in the back of those uh, paddle boat or those river boat things, like those big, uh, like it looks like a propeller. Like it just like picks up the water and spins it around. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a bunch of those on the sides of uh, their whatever. Like the sawmills, I think, were powered by those. Yep. So it, why couldn't we just do a bunch of those on like the side of rivers and stuff like that? Well, I think Tim again probably knows a little more, but that that yeah. definitely messes with current movement and fish migration yeah. patterns I mean, and stuff like that. You know, like, like people, people were chilling off of that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what you're talking about... there was 10 about, people that here then. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Not 330 million. That's powering one mill to, like, spin a saw at, like, zero miles an hour. So it, the, the amount of energy that we would need to actually have a difference is, like, a massive amount that you wouldn't get from any stream. So what they do is they dam these streams. They put a dam up and collect all this water behind and then let it in through these intake pipes and then there's a hydroelectric power facility inside the dam that the water comes through shoots through spins these turbines and creates electricity it's a really good way of getting electricity but it completely screws up the upstream ecosystem uh, you can see this in the the largest dam in the world is in china it's called the three gorges dam and there's countless stories of you know they put this dam up and then it floods the upstream and all of these all this farmland was completely flooded people lost like all their livestock all their land and uh you know obviously all the all like the animals living in that area <laughs> kind of I mean, fucks it, everything up they they do they do so What's it's in order to get that uh scale of energy that's needed you would need to impact the environment in some way and it, it is a give and take so if you if you think that you know the environmental impact is second to this energy crisis then you know shout out nuclear it. energy again nuclear doesn't have any of these problems well other than it kills people <laughs> possibly <when> killing thousands <laughs> of people wait <laughs> all right so, so then that's actually a good point so obviously um uh whatever like reusable energy is good for obviously not costing as much or it's event like in the long run and not really uh whatchamacallit not really 
having as much conflict over this finite resource. But obviously, all of them run into their own issues, as we were talking about with wind power. It fucks up with the it fucks with the birds. It fucks with the fish. Uh, we were talking about the whatever we were just uh, hydro hydroelectric is yeah. as we'd call it. It messes with people's farmland and it messes with uh, once again as we were talking about currents. This uh, is also just what, a temporary thing, though. People adapt, animals adapt. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was gonna get at. What yeah. what what is stopping us from going? You know what? These might be a little better than having the whole polar ice cap melt away exactly. opposed to just, you know what, maybe a few farmers. As Americans, we should understand that shit happen all the time. We go, you know what, this area seems pretty cool to put in a lake. So we go, all right, all of you have to leave. And all of a sudden they cut, they break a dam and all the water floods a valley There's and a you have a gigantic lake. Well, so the, the problem is one, money, and two, votes. Right? It's at the end of the day, it's all political. You know, you're flooding, you know, however many farmers, dams and stuff like that. Well, guess what? That's 30 less votes that you're going to get in Kansas kind of idea that they have. I That's what I think happens. I mean, you could also claim eminent domain. I mean, isn't that like a, a power of the government? The, China, this whole thing was a mess because the government doesn't give a shit about the people and they just flooded the land and didn't compensate them. But if we oh, like well, fairly compensated these people... Yeah. I don't know where you're going to get that money from. We're already well, $20 trillion. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was actually talking about my yeah. coworker with that yesterday. Someone was like, oh, my God, they stole this. Like, we're talking about some like hacking thing. They're like, oh, they stole this much money. That's almost as much as this government. I'm like, America is like the most powerful government in the world. And I, me, Ryan Brown, have more money than America. And I, I'm in debt. I'm in debt, and I have more money than that. I'm not, I'm not too financially sound either. But America, let's talk. I could probably help you out <laughs> more. I'm more financially sound than you right now. But I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, we're screwed with, we're with money. Twenty trillion in debt. What, what's well, like? Let's be honest. All of this money. All of do. this money is just hypothetical money anyway. It's yeah, all we, credit. We should just print more money. Well, no, that's that's I end up like uh, like Germany where they're going. Oh, we have fifty million dollars. Throw in the fireplace. That's we're cold. Someone uh, at work the other day like tried making an argument to me about like what Germany did in the nineteen thirties, and I'm like, you did understand that we like the United States and the rest of the world absolutely stripped them of anything they ever owned, right? Like. Yeah. We kind of divided them into four sections and divided them amongst the rest of the world. Like, I don't know what your idea was there, bud. Yeah, it's a tough <laughs> argument to make. <laughs> well, also, they also tried to conquer the world in World War One at that point. So it was kind and of... two. Well, I mean, that was pre-two. <laughs> two, was, two was not great <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm saying that at that point, they were trying to dominate the world so it seemed pretty fair to go you know what let's take this country and break it up into other sectors so it would prevent it from happening again which it inevitably caused again because some person goes oh my god i only have a million dollars i'm gonna buy a fucking stick of gum (laughs) that's literally what happened to them you couldn't buy bread like there was people sleeping. Because it cost three million (laughs) dollars like that's what happened there was people sleeping in piles of cash (laughs) When I was little, yeah, or not when I was little, too much money. When, when I was younger, I used to think, like, "Oh my God!" Well, they had all this money then. Imagine they just waited on the economy to turn around, and you have all this money chilling. 
but that's just not the case. Because I think you just have to fucking butcher the. You have to scratch. Wait, did they run off the euro then? Is that? It wasn't no, the euro. It was. Around I forget what it I don't was even called. Think the EU was in I forget what it was. I guess what, probably wasn't an African. I forget what the currency two, right? was yeah. called at that <laughs> point, but it was certainly whatever it was does not exist anymore. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, I uh, Rocky, you keep kind of dancing around. Oh well, nuclear energy. Whenever I bring up any kind of energy, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but why don't you just kind of brass tacks tell me why nuclear energy is so much superior than having fans in the ocean? Than having solar panels on top of all of these sick cribs in uh, Palm Springs and Calabasas. What 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 makes nuclear energy so much better? Even though that is the only one that we have proven has had some real damning issues with it. Yeah, it's had it's had it's handful of issues. Me, me in asking human the, me, me saying that and, is just being and, a, a classic journalist, and, and just asking the right questions. And, and definitely, let me preface this by saying that nuclear is, is not emissions free, like wind and solar are. Um, it it does have a low carbon emission to it, uh, but that is that's not through like the run of its process. It's actually just through mining, like the uranium and stuff like that. That's where those emissions come from. Uh, but like I said before, these things operate at 92 capacity, um, meaning they're running 92% of the time. They're running at full capacity, whereas like natural gas runs at like 50%. So, you know, not only that, and then these things require a lot less maintenance and they operate for longer periods of time than um, like your coal and natural gas do, which, you know, require routine maintenance and they require refueling of your equipment and all that stuff. Uh, and like I said, I said this before that a, a singular nuclear reactor produces one gigawatt of electricity and a gigawatt is like times 10 to the ninth or something like that. 10 to the sixth, 10 to the sixth. ninth, sixth. Yeah. Times 10 to the sixth. So that's a lot of zeros on the end. Uh, basically you would need four of these renewable plants like wind and solar to equal a singular nuclear reactor. And I said before too, that these reactors come in threes usually where they rotate Right. One into maintenance and the other two are running and they just rotate them on circle. And that's a singular reactor. We're not even talking about a plant. And really all these things need to run is, like I said before, like these this uranium fuel rods. Um, and then they just need heat sinks. That's it. And a heat sink is a, a big lake that they can dump this excess heat into. And, and they're, that's man, not, they're that's, man-made lakes. So that's not, not an issue if... The, they are man-made lakes. In in South Carolina, right right by my school, we have three of these man-made lakes all stacked right on top of each other. And it's just backup on backup on backup. But what is, what's... So, all right. So, heat sinks. So, what's the... So, these are nuclear power plants. The... What's it called? The... um, the fuck's it called? Like, the, the leftover energy. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. So, right. These you're, things generate a lot of heat. And, the, and not the yield, some, but the, the whatever, the opposite, the whatever. Like what the leftover energy they're dumping into the lake, you're saying? Yeah, and, and this leftover energy is literally just heat. That's all it is. So it's so, so it, produce, like if you're if you're dumping, so say like uh, like whatever. Like there was a there was a nuclear power plant in New Jersey and they had leftover heat and they went and they dumped it in the lake of Pacon. All they're dumping in is heat. It's just yeah. heat. It's not it's, damning to the ecosystem, it, it's just it's heat. A, it's a heat exchanger, is all it is. Is that they they let this heat in there and this water cools it? Uh, that's what it's meant to do. It just cools that heat that 
is let out. So That's like if you, if you go to these lakes, if you're going on like you're just chilling, you and your friends are like, yo, let's go to Lake. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're yeah, called. Yeah, there might let's be a go, spot pissed in it or something. Let's go to Lake Rivero. So, like, you go, you hop over to this lake, and you guys jump in the water. Is it, like, real warm, or does it just feel like a normal lake? It feels like a normal lake. These lakes are probably like so I, massive. Oh, the, these, the these lakes are massive. Yeah. Like I said, they're right by me at school, Lake Hartwell. Shout out to all my Clemson fans listening. Uh, lake Hartwell go, is in South Carolina and Georgia. That's how big this lake is. It's gigantic and all it's meant to do and it they're man-made lakes uh right and all they're meant to do is to absorb this heat that is produced by nuclear and so the the only problem that nuclear energy has is the mining of uranium and right that's minuscule and the human error uh, the possibility possibility of human error but first of all we're talking about the united states of america here uh the safety regulations in the united states we don't screw everything up. I <laughs> well, highly disagree with that statement. Uh, right, the safety. I work in a chemical plant. Or worked, thank God. Worked as we discussed uh, before. Ed at the end. Please. <laughs> uh, Congrats. Like, the safety regulations are absurd about everything you do, um, and the, you know nuclear is so much ha- has so much more catastrophic events that could possibly happen to it that you know there's. It's not like they're not going to be scrutinized in every little regulated action they do. More. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. regulated up the ass. Well, all right, so then my question is, we were talking about earlier, like, oil causes all of these issues. Nuclear power, if nuclear power is such a better alternative than what we're currently going with right now, why, like, well, not, I mean, not to sound like an idiot, but, like, Actually, I'll dumb it down. For all of the audience members out there, this is a cop-out. This is a cop-out for me not really knowing anything about <laughs> nuclear energy. Why is why is it such a better alternative than oil? Because what you're saying to me, it seems like there would still be conflicts over access to uranium versus access to oil. Well, you're doubling down on oil, right? Not, right? Oil, you have to frack. Already bad for the environment. And then you're already you're burning CO2. That's what's happening. Um combustion reactions chemistry nerds out there uh so you're doubling down on on your harm to the environment there whereas nuclear reactors there is no outside harm and even this depleted uranium that once it's done in use like they, they started using this stuff as bullets uh, back in the day depleted uranium like it's not bad for the environment once it's used up of all of its radio radiation energy so well all right so then i mean that, that's my kind of beef with that re- reusable energy because wind, there's never going to be a finite amount of wind. No one's going to ever be fighting, going to war over wind. There's never going to be a finite amount of – well, I mean, I guess we'll see. In, is in there the, a finite the, amount of uranium? Yeah, and uranium. What's I think, well, I don't obviously, think there, is. there is a finite well, amount of uranium. Well, right? what about – can, you, can, you, can you produce it? You can't well, produce well, it. Well, once again, well, once again, I was gonna say, can you do some kind of chemical where you could chemical uh, reaction where you I'm, could create? I'm sure we could figure that out one day. Well, but. well, once again, here's my issue. So then, nuclear power. See, well, it, all right. So let me ask this question first for everyone at home. You've stomached. I, I mean, I if you've powered through this far of just <laughs> this amount of stuff that I mean to me is crazy. How like so? Say you had nuclear energy. How long? Versus a, say a gallon of oil. Versus a gallon of oil, how much nuclear power 
would last versus like how much enormous amounts like I, how I, much I times versus like say like you had like maybe like a gram of uranium I, I don't know how to measure uranium so i'm just going to go off of like whatever so a gram of uranium versus a, a gallon of Mass, oil. massive amount of more power like i said these things require a lot less maintenance and a lot less refueling than any other source does uh, I don't have like a number off the top of my head that I can spit out at you, but but astronomically more. But astronomically more. So with this, then you would be able to charge your electric vehicles. You'd be able to power your cities, and everything. A which would be a which would be a extreme amount less so than is if you took a bunch of oil. I mean, I don't know how fucking cities are powered now. It's beyond me. But it would be a lot less energy required then oh the same amount of energy but the less amount of resources required yeah that's definitely correct a lot less resources pennsylvania produces more electricity via their nuclear reactors than the rest of the country combined does on their alternative sources fun fact it's pretty impressive that is pretty impressive <laughs> i mean that's way past me once again way yeah. past me but that's like that's pretty crazy because i mean I don't know. Like I always see, I always would love to get an electric vehicle, but once again, as we were talking about earlier, it's so the pricing, the pricing so so much higher because it's such a. That's it's not, that's not solving anything. These yeah, electric vehicles uh, at the end of the day, because you still need something to produce it's the power source, right? Something needs to produce this electricity. You're solving the oil crisis, yeah, but that. I mean, I, I was going to say it's a minuscule part, but it's not a minuscule minuscule part because fossil fuels take up 80% of our energy consumption now. Right. Um, but that, right, you, when you, like, as an engineer, a lot of, like, a lot of the things you do are called root cause analysis. And, like, if you're, if you're just producing electric cars, you're not getting at the root cause of what is causing our problems here. And, yeah, Tesla's doing a great job trying to, figure out how to use different sources but in the end of the day this power is coming from a power plant that's fueled by fossil fuels so yeah, coal gas exactly whatever. so that's why i don't understand why we're trying to put so much into like this energy sector where it should be the that main the energy power the energy source like these these power plants how are they getting their their fuel of energy well that that's my that's my whole thing is that maybe it isn't the the actual source of energy maybe it isn't the the wind maybe it isn't the oil maybe it isn't the uranium maybe it's the efficiency of the actual tools that they're using to utilize this energy you know you know what i'm saying like i mean once I again i'm no i'm no engineer pretty efficient like in how it's in how it's made right they're like when you bring in crude oil into well yeah they, they're called they call them distillation columns they literally each like section of these columns that crude oil gets entered into has cuts in it like your regular gas your diesel all that kind of stuff is literally cut in a single exchanger like they're not they're not separate processes for these things like it's so a pretty efficient is, process. is it based off of the weight of the actual fuel or it, is it based off of the how that's uh, cut yeah, how's uh, it cut? Is it cut uh, into? They kind yeah, of just divvy it, it up. It's a. I think it, it's, it's an it's equation. It's a mass transfer thing, so it's the chemical compounds, and these things boil at different temperatures. Yeah. All right. like so, 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 all right. So then, so then, bottom line. So basically, happens. then let me let me put it for our viewers at home. I mean, once again, very impressed that you guys have <laughs> wrapped your brain around this, battling mentally as I am. Uh, so, the yield of 
these fossil fuels, as we were talking about before, astronomically less than the yield you would get from wind or the yield you would get from uh, like whatever uranium and stuff like that. So once again, is it just because it's something that's comfortable and something that we're used to and something that the government could easily get their hands on versus just eating a couple billion dollars, maybe like for like a cent or maybe not a century, maybe like maybe like two decades worth of research where they could eventually figure out, hey, you know, if we take this uranium from wherever and we put it in our plants, we could last for maybe like 50 more years versus where we were with fuel. Is that the issue is that we were kind of at the state where we're like we're pretty comfortable with this fuel because I mean, once again, well, it's I'm hard. not trying to get political. I know it's a lot with the votes. I know it's a lot with these people that they're like they're kind of like, all right, like I know that like the people that come in like once again, like I know it's that'd be something very brave for someone to do. They get in the office and they go like not like not just the president, this person that's maybe like the environmental uh, the environmental department, or maybe someone that's the senator. And go, I'm going to go and fight this energy crisis. And I don't even know, like, what that, like, whole thing is. Like, that that's what I'm saying is that, like, I just don't know, like, I don't know. Like, like is it, like, that big of a problem with, like, the yield that they they are too scared? That just Like, for me personally, like, being a common person, it would seem obvious that, all right, we're getting 60, we're getting, like, 58%, say 58% yield from fossil fuels. But we could get... 98 or maybe like 97 percent yield from this solar energy this wind energy this uranium energy like what what's the as you guys that are actually in this kind of industry what's the big like the barrier because to me it would seem pretty obvious that it should be putting a like a decent amount of funding towards these projects solar and wind as far as i know just aren't that efficient I said the amount of land that you would have to take up to use solar and wind is actually astronomical. You would need uh, it's like one percent of America's land would have to be occupied by solar panels to produce like enough to come anywhere near our capacity that we actually need, uh, you know, as human beings to live in this day and age, uh, especially wind power. I mean, wind is. Like I, I said, I gave this stat before that one nuclear power plant, which takes up, you know, maybe a square mile, um, would need to be used. Whereas a wind turbine plant takes up the size of Washington, D.C., would produce the same amount of power. It's just the it's land is a resource um, that we really don't have much of, especially in places like China and those Asian countries that it's just being eaten up in. Uh, and honestly, I don't think, like, I don't know how much we have of it left here that, you know, we still need to, you know, I, I visit a lot of these or I drive by a lot of these desolate-looking places in, in South and North Carolina and stuff like that, but a lot of that has to be farmland and or whether or not that's just good for trees to be growing there because we need oxygen to breathe. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other factors that need to be taken into play, and, and these solar and wind things just take up way too much land for them to be actually efficient enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree in the wind sense. Solar, you don't need these massive solar farms. I mean, Elon Musk 
said that like his like ideal uh not utopia but his ideal future would be like solar panels on a roof and then that like just powers your house i mean i don't know how realistic that is obviously not everyone I know people that do that yeah obviously not everyone can do that which is also another uh you know belief that you have like these mini grids and that almost like a neighborhood is hooked up to one grid and everyone has panels on the roof that can have them and maybe have them like you know in in other places other public places and then everyone that entire neighborhood just gets all their energy from uh this renewable source but it's um i mean i I, yeah i think solar solar could be a possibility i think i think solar panels themselves actually lack like a decent amount of efficiency just in the way they operate and they actually also contain some pretty toxic substances in them to work like cadmium and uh selenium i think i think they have a lifespan of like 20 years and then after that they're pretty toxic and then what you have to replace them and then where do we dump those like where and that's what we're just getting into now because i mean solar is pretty new it just started getting in in the past 20 years maybe so they're starting to come out of commission and like we just don't know what to do with them yeah i think a lot of the the government's focus right now is on wind energy um it's definitely the fastest growing but i just think nuclear is way more energy efficient than any of the other alternatives well well, my problem is is that there's so much more energy per square foot than the rest of it (laughs) my problem is is that it's it's I feel still feel like it's like a finite resource. The, like it's still like a finite energy, you know. Like while we have wind, as I was talking about before, wind and like water. Like you still then sun. Like there's like an infinite. I mean, until the sun dies out. I mean, at, at that point, we have much bigger problems yeah, than the fucking I, I <laughs> the so. solar panels <laughs> on our roof if the sun fucking goes out. But uh, my thing is, is that I feel like the fact that nuclear is still relying on some source acquired from the earth uranium i think that's still a big issue i mean obviously uranium lasts a lot longer but who's to say just like something like my thing is is like say you get a laptop 20 years ago maybe two gigabytes would be like a crazy amount of money a crazy amount of storage for your laptop what's to say that in maybe 20 years x amount of uranium would be enough to fuel a city versus in like a hundred years when a city all of a sudden is powered on stuff that's solely uranium and all of a sudden uranium turns into the new oil where it's a very finite resource and you're trying to really try and grab at it you know what i mean like wind i cannot see where all of a sudden people are where countries are harboring wind from people what i i think could be the future into this research would be like it is definitely finite like your uranium and i think they use like rubidium uh, i can't remember the the other one that's really popular i think it's plutonium actually that's really popular that they use um there's definitely finite amount of this in the earth and right now we would just be mining it and using it but one like we've been using this stuff since like 1950 so like there's still a a lot of it out there yeah. to be used uh which is good and two the right that the idea of this is that i think it's extra neutrons that these that these molecules have in them that produce these fission reactions and right we've been we've been toying around with the centers of molecules like this for centuries now um 
I think that research wouldn't, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, it would take a lot of work, but I, I don't think that would be out of our grasp to be able to create chemical compounds that have neutrons that want to be exited from the nucleus of these molecules. Right. I mean, you're looking at me as if I would have some real logic, <laughs> real Dude, logical answer to that. smarter people. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's way above there's my pay grade. Bastards. There's people out there that would, I think, realize that. But I, my thing was before uh, I was saying that, I don't know, as I was saying before, that if you had something like, a, like I was saying, like a computer, say like a computer had these gigabytes of storage, and all of a sudden, maybe like 20 years from now, uh, 20 gigabytes of storage would seem minuscule versus they're going to have maybe 50 terabytes of storage for that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that maybe oh, that's definitely would just probably increase with population, right? Yeah. My, well, not, not even popu well, population and also the different kind of structures that are built. There's pretty wacky shit built. Now. I mean, energy I don't, I don't demand know. has been on a pretty steady increase, but I don't, I don't think it's, think it's, it's just going to rise. It's just going to rise with. It's just going to be like, just like, like everything. Laptop, is just going to constantly rise with yeah. like your laptop analogy. I think you see like a, a lot of spikes in, oh, just getting, in what you need in laptops and stuff like that because you have apps like Snapchat and Spotify coming out where you need all of this room on your phone to hold all this data. Uh, where as something like energy, right? Uh, I I don't think we're probably going to have like another baby boomer kind of thing i really love talking about baby boomers <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> those old I, fucks now yeah they <laughs> suck uh, i don't think we're gonna have like really another one of those where or, or a gigantic spike in population where your energy need is gonna go through the roof yeah and the energy need is obviously gonna keep going up as population goes up but i mean i obviously don't really know the exact numbers but i think the the nuclear resources that we have wouldn't really would, run out. In would suffice for the next couple generations. Yeah, there wouldn't be any, and I'm, I mean, I can't see the future, but I don't think <laughs> there would be any wars, but you know, we go to war for anything. So yeah, exactly. Oil. All right. So here, here's my, uh, my final, final question to you guys. If there was one thing besides your, your personal bias, if there was one energy that you could see, exceeding all of the other ones that you could see being the one that has the most infinite the most the most practical use in the long future say it wasn't based on research and money say they would uh, totally invest in this specific type of energy and that would be what do you think it would be the energy that would be the most not only practical not only the most efficient but also the most long term that would last the most generations before you would have that kind of concern. My guess would be solar. Um, I know people uh, I've had, I have professors at school that give lectures about how their homes, they literally just run them off of solar power. So right. They, they obviously kind of live um, a life that isn't all that glamorous at that point because they're, they're doing this on their own without the help of anyone. But I think maybe if you got like a government initiative or a, a a big push towards moving solar where everyone was using these you would have you know you know each house could probably run off of their own solar panels on their roofs the only downside of that i think i see is uh i think tim brought up something before about wind turbines and how there's no there's no wind in that place in china anymore uh because of you know the polar shifts in temperature uh 
solar power has the same kind of problem with cloudy days. There's not it a single speck of wind. No, well, no, I don't no. know. There probably still no, is. No. But in, in, <laughs> in China, they built a wind farm where it was windy. China's just so beyond. And then it, fucked and then the general. wind patterns change. Imagine telling people you're not communist and you really are. That would suck. <laughs> <laughs> Did, like, well, Dude, here's, my, here's, here's that? my beef is that like, they they just I don't understand. I mean, there's a lot of things that I don't understand yeah. like in this in this life. I think this is why I partially started a podcast because I just can't like wrap my head around. Explain it to Brown. These motherfuckers just <laughs> just like they're living in a bog of smoke. It's as if like they're living in some kind of college bar with the amount of smog they're breathing in every day <laughs> of their lives. To walk into the grocery store with their baby, they're breathing in as much smog as me, a, a Rutgers student, would be getting walking into Old Queen's Tavern. Yeah, it's like the STD rate you guys have there. It's high. In case you didn't know. <laughs> I was trying. No, no, well, no, no, no. I looked at you as aware of it. I was trying to think of a way to plug in some kind of con- condom thing, but I don't want to give them that free advertisement. So guess yeah, what? Hell no. I'm not going to do it. I understand that there's a high STD rate at Rutgers, and they should prevent it <laughs> somehow. Escaped? Some kind of rubber. You guys give out free condoms at your health thing? <laughs> All right. They well, do at Clemson. Enough <laughs> interrogation of Rutgers. Let's move past it. Uh, I would like to thank Rocky and Tim for coming on and educating us all. As me personally, I would have no idea about half the shit they just talked about. Very good conversation. Uh, so thank you both once again. Rocky, coming all the way from South Carolina, finally could come on the podcast. Yeah, South will rise again. A very, <laughs> a very active listener of Basement Banter. So I thank you for coming home just solely to do this podcast, of course. Of course, reason. that's Damn the only right. reason why Rocky came that's home. That's the only reason came <laughs> home. So uh, once again, thank you, Tim. First time person yeah. coming on this podcast First i coach his brother in football so shout out mikey if he's listening to this if you're listening to this mikey, your team listen can to this? you bleep out the curse words well time? i was gonna say i was gonna say shout out mikey but if any of the other kids on our team are listening to this tell them not to <laughs> and if it's and if they have already and you come up to me and you quote a part of this podcast and you probably didn't listen to this point yeah, I'm gonna make you run till you throw up. These kids are, or you promise until you don't tell your parents. Podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you run, motherfucker. Watch out, you're gonna become the Maryland head coach real soon. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going for a championship run this year, but Quantic Panther football. Hell yeah, hell yeah. But all right, uh, hope you all enjoyed listening to this podcast. Real, real brain flow going through your head right now. You're going into your office right now. You're fucking juiced. You're going, all right, I know all about this nuclear energy shit. You're ready to change the world just from listening to this Basement Banter episode. You're you're juiced up for your office job. You're juiced up going to bed. I'm sorry I'm keeping you up really late now because of the REMS we just pumped into your brain off of this (laughs) podcast. Uh, And, I I mean, I don't know. If you're just listening to this in the middle of the day, get back to fucking work, asshole. (laughs) I'm sure your boss will be pissed if you're doing this. Uh, anyway, thank you all for listening. This is Basement Banter once again, 13. So we've creeped into our third month of you guys listening. Shout out. Follow the Basement Banter official Instagram if you haven't already. Uh, but besides that, thank you all for listening. This is Basement Banter. This is Ryan Brown. Have a good one.